Hi, I'm Erica Ramirez, founder of Illy and host of What About Your Friends, a podcast dedicated to the many lives of friendship and how it's portrayed in pop culture. Every Wednesday on the Ringer Dish feed, I talk to my best friend, Stephen Othello, and your favorites from within the Ringer and beyond about friendships on TV, in movies, pop culture, and our real lives. So join me every Wednesday on the Ringer Dish feed, where we try to answer the question TLC asked back in the day, what about your friends? There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome to Food News. I'm Juliette Littman. And I'm Dave Jacoby. Jacoby, let's put 30 minutes on the clock. 30 minutes. We are having a very special episode. As we mentioned last week, we're going on a trip. Well, welcome to Food News Spring Break. Tenerife. We are in Tenerife, Spain. We are at the Starfish Atlantic Grill at the Royal Hideaway Corrales Resort. Which I gotta say is awesome. It's lovely. <laughs> Love it here. <laughs> the studio's cool. The studio's cool. This is lovely. In case you can't see us, which you probably can't, we are sitting by the Atlantic Ocean in a pool. Yes. So things are good. Also, I'd like to share that this is my first time on a black sand beach because here on Tenerife, there are 134 volcanoes, 133 are dormant, one is inert, and shout as a result, there's like, yeah, that shout out to that one. Um, there's like, there's volcanic soil everywhere and therefore black sand beaches and it's beautiful and like shocking. And, and taxi driver on the way over here kept updating us on the different Celsius degrees it was, <laughs> even though we couldn't translate into Fahrenheit. It was very exciting. He's like, now it's 19, now it's 34. I didn't really understand how like microclimates worked until right. that, that man helped us. And it's because of all of the volcanoes that like they have all these microclimates and these beaches. And then just in case you aren't familiar with Canary Islands, we are very close to Morocco right now, mm. though this is part of Spain. I have to say, quick trip from, from Newark, direct, six and a half hours, and I, I definitely would come back here. Oh, I definitely will be back. As much as I enjoy the microclimates and the beach and the sort of like, you know, foreignness of it all, I'd really be back for the multiple water parks they have, you know, because my kids <laughs> love water parks. I was at a water park last weekend with the kids, and... I expected it. I packed like warm weather clothes, cold weather clothes. Mm. It is beautiful here. Cold or warm? I I packed warm clothes for cold weather. Got Sorry, it. I messed that up. I'm a dumb person. <laughs> well, you just said both. I just wanted yes, to clarify. Yes, I, I messed up. I, I packed warm temperature. God, let's go. <laughs> well, I just want to note, largest water park in Europe is here in Tenerife. Anyway, there's like really something for everyone. You want to go hiking? Great. You want to go swimming in the ocean? That's what I want to do? Great. You want to eat? Want to see a volcano? Yeah, they've got it all. Um, we're going to talk about what we did, which was we went to this amazing farm called Finca della Calabacera, and we were with our tour guide, Jaime from Field Tenerife. That's coming up. First, let's get into our stories. Let's do it. You know, a lot of thematic news. We wanted to, we're in Tenerife, so we mm -hmm. might as well talk about what's going on in the food scene here. But first, a very important story coming to us from Thailand mm. by way of Germany. HelloFresh has vowed to stop using coconut milk from Thailand. Why is that? They cannot be sure 
that monkey labor is not being used to pick the coconuts. So okay. after an outcry, which is actually from several months ago, this is really a food news follow-up of their own. Oh, yes, this is, they, this is an internal food news follow-up. They will be getting their coconuts from elsewhere because monkeys are maybe being used to pick the, the coconuts by like being climbing up trees yes. and they're being abused, yes. allegedly. We don't know for sure. And they said, a real throwback to COVID, a real 2020 COVID throwback, Adam, an abundance of caution. An abundance of caution. They will stop using coconut milk from Thailand. And they said that potentially less than 1% of Thai coconuts are monkey picked. Yes, that's correct. But they're going to, an abundance of caution. An abundance of caution. I just thought it was really funny that they used an abundance of caution. So I've been to Thailand. Um, monkeys, they're a nuisance. <laughs> You think they're cute and fun or whatever, but they are a nuisance. They're mean you know, and they're aggressive and they're up in your area. We've had a lot of monkey stories mm -hmm. on this podcast. Mm -hmm. So apparently it is a real nuisance that many people are running into. I just, uh, I, PETA raised this alarm. They sounded the alarm on this yep. to HelloFresh. And it's good good that we're worried about it. But I don't know, like, what's the what are monkeys supposed to be doing? Not picking coconuts? <laughs> I think whatever they want, I think is what we're going with here. <laughs> so it shouldn't be in captivity. Think, yes, they should not be forced to work hard <laughs> okay. for HelloFresh. Gotcha. Okay? They should okay. do whatever they want to do. Great. Are, are other places using monkey labor? Like, do I need to know where all of my coconut milk comes from? Interesting. I don't think other places are using monkey labor, but, like, if I went to a restaurant and a monkey brought me a coffee, I'd be so excited about it. Right. Okay. Well, that would be cool. But that would also be probably monkey abuse. Yes. Because they're I not just what doing the whatever they laws want. are. Can you have monkey laborers if you treat them well? Also, it's a good question. Like, not yeah. even joking. Like, no, it, no, it's, yeah, like, it, it's can, like, can, it, yeah, can I use a monkey labor? But if I like the monkey has a great lifestyle, yeah, it gets benefits, like, has time off. Or like a service monkey, like a service dog. Yeah. Like, can they be, yes. you know, helpful in that way? Yeah. Hmm. I need someone from Thailand to get back to us on this. Uh, food news follow up. You know what number to call. Plus one, because we're in, right now we're in we're in Spain, <laughs> yes, so you'd have yes. to do plus, plus one, one six four six two one thirty eight. All right, let's move on. This is another animal safety story. Yes, it's local. Yes, here in Tenerife, there is a big uh, conversation and outcry about an octopus farm proposal that would be farming and raising octopi yes. in the Atlantic Ocean because and there's a shortage and it's to eat the octopus. Yes, and octopus is part of the local delicacies here. It's yes. one of the, one of the, sort of one of their, their famous dishes. And I look forward to having some myself. But when you read about this, I didn't realize how much I was like an octopus. Yeah, see, octopus, like, they feel. Like, yes. they have, like, a like have like a nervous system. They're famously intelligent. Yeah, intelligent animals that are also loners. But I learned, that's the part I learned. They like the dark, and they like to be alone. That's why they're in the deep sea. Yes. The dark. Yes, they like the dark, <laughs> and they like to be alone. And I was like, God, I would love to just be in the dark alone sometimes. You know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't realize how, how much I was like an octopus in that sense. If you're not doing that here at the Royal Hideaway Corral Suite... <laughs> I don't know what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, anyway. But the way they would keep these is they would keep them in groups of a thousand. Yeah, that's So crazy. imagine you don't like to be around other octopi. And I don't. And now you're in a tank of a thousand. It's really And it's, it's really going to be bright, brightly lit. Yeah. So not only are they being slaughtered by being frozen and then put in on your plate to be eaten, they are being tortured throughout their lifetime. It is it is really like, it is terrible. As the, as the like BBC this. article says, it's the creatures that can feel pain and pleasure. So they should be at least subject to the same laws yeah. as the monkeys. Yes. So we're against this. And I hope that people find sustainable and ethical octopus farming practices. Yeah. All right. Reminder, everyone. Today's episode is brought to you by United Airlines. Whether you want to try Huevos Rotos in Madrid shrimp paella in Barcelona, or Papas Arrugadas in Tenerife, Canary Islands, 
United offers flights to more Spanish cities than any other U.S. airline. Plan your trip today at united.com or on the United app. Remember, flight schedules are subject to change. All right, we got to talk about Pizza Hut in Japan. This one, this is this is the story of the week. Every week, there's one story. That, that really, like, you, yes, you get really yes, excited I've been, about. <laughs> I've been saving up my energy for this one. <laughs> Tell the people what it is. Pizza Hut has introduced a new cilantro-packed, quote, too much coriander pie. Too much coriander pie. Would you like to explain what the pie is? Okay, it's a pizza that's basically got an entire bushel of cilantro on top of it. Yes. And then the president of Pizza Hut Japan says, once you try it, you will be addicted. No way. It's called Pakuchi Sugite Kusa. Also, I believe the president of Pizza Hut Japan is in the advertisement that was yes. on TikTok. Yes, so yes, he's, he he's is. taking it to the proverbial he's, streets he's, with he's the like, team. I'm going to be <laughs> the face of this. I'm so proud of this too much cilantro pie that I'm going to be the face of it. I'm not, you know what? You know, we're not going to hire a celebrity to endorse this. I'm going to be like, it. This is going to slay. Yes. It is. <laughs> and, and I'm going to tell the teens about it. And imagine if, if you're listening to this, just imagine a regular pizza that's got some cilantro on it. And then add, I don't know, like a half pound of cilantro. It looks like a huge bushel. It's it also, gross. It also has shrimp and tomato sauce. Can you imagine eating that, Juliet? No. Sweet and spicy Korean sauce and yang and yum, which I don't know what that is. I'm sorry. I'll, I don't know I'm what that Google is either. It. Anyway, it sounds disgusting. It looks disgusting. It's also just like, a. it's sort of like, um. you know what I actually do like is that some, uh, I don't know if they have this in Italy, but like at least in Los Angeles, you can get a pizza um, pie that has salad on top of those it. Those are pretty good. Those are pretty good. They're okay. But it's, but it's a salad. Also, yes. very hard to eat. Like, do you yes, pick it, it up? Yes, it all ends you, up falling everywhere. It's a mess. Yeah, it's it a total mess. Like, it's like a total mess. Or pizza dough or like pizza crust. Yes. And then lettuce leaves next to it. Yes. But I do enjoy it. So it's like you have to reconstruct it yourself. But this, I don't know how you this eat it. This is gross. Imagine, just imagine this, the feeling inside your mouth after you take a bite of just like all those like plants in there. Just gross. And the other cilantro thing is, doesn't taste good. And there's also certain well, people that cilantro tastes like trash. Soap. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's soap. I, I've always found this to be one of like the but, weird idiosyncrasies of our society. This is like there's a certain percentage of people that cilantro tastes like soap. I just want to note, you thought it was trash. I forgot. Which I I think is really funny because like (laughs) trash could taste like so many different things. I guess it could. Depending on what's discarded. (laughs) Yes. Well, yeah. So some people have like a like a genetic yeah predisposition. They will not. They're not the target market for this this one. Then the other thing that is the real revelation, it's called too much coriander pie. Yes. And the coriander is... Cilantro. I never I knew. didn't know that either. Me neither. And we're going to come back to this, but we went to an amazing farm today. Like, yep. absolutely amazing. It is called Finca La Calabacera. Mm-hmm. And um, Dulce, the owner of the farm, she was like, can you taste what this is? And we were like, uh, I don't know. And it, it turned out to be coriander. And yes. then later, someone else referred to it as cilantro. And I was thinking in my head, is it is coriander? coriander is it coriander or cilantro? If you're listening to this, did you know that before 30 seconds ago? Please, uh, Call us yes. and let us know yes. at plus one six four six. As we record this, there's a part of me that's like, are, do we even know that coriander is cilantro? Like, did we Google this? No, well, we did not. Yes, don't, don't bother. Page six told us Pizza Hut Japan introduced a cilantro pie packed too much coriander pie. It's, and also in the title, it says it sucks. Yeah. It's really just like so bizarre. No one wants that. <laughs> no. It's so, Nobody wants sounds that. Sounds really I want to learn more about the president of Pizza Hut Japan. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some, some deep dive Googling about him later. Let's keep going. This is a wine story. I don't like wine. At all? I mean, I do. I'll drink it. It's fine. But I don't like red wine that much. Well, that's okay. Because we've had some really good white wines here, actually. And before it came, I was told the Canary Islands have really good wine. And turns out to be true. It's lovely. And it's beautiful and sunny out. I, I'm, I can't do red wine 
on like a, when I have a t-shirt on and the sun is out. Yeah, that's definitely. I don't like red wine really most of the time because it makes me sleepy. I like how it tastes, but like if I want to be fun, it's not going to work for me. But we've been having a great time drinking our Canarian white wines here. But anyway, this story may not affect you because climate change is mm-hmm. imperiling, is making it possible that there will not be Malbecs from Argentina mm. in years to come because of bad harvest of grapes and the people, the winemakers in Argentina were trying to salvage their grapes from yes. Malbec. Yes. I do think that Malbec is one of the most popular red wines. I think it's also it like, it's like an entry level wine. It is. It, it's it's a like crowd a pleaser. Wine. It's a crowd pleaser. Yeah. And so I feel like this is actually like has pretty broad repercussions, even though it will not affect you. It will not. I think Rieslings are another one that comes from um, Argentina as well. Yeah, I mean they have a huge they have a huge wine yeah. region there set in South America. Like I think a lot of the West Coast, much like in America, Argentina, Chile. Anyway, if you like Malbec, buy a lot of it now. Yeah, suck up because the prices are probably going to go up. You know. Yeah, they are. We're always here to tell you when prices are going up. <laughs> it's a very price focused <laughs> podcast we have here. Yes. <laughs> um, on that note, with Riesling, switching to white wine. So, because of another climate change problem, there was a certain Riesling that was not available. So, instead, minutes. people were making one by people. I mean, in uh, Northern Europe, specifically in France and Germany. They were doing a process that made it taste like in 20, a 2021 Riesling. They used a process that made it taste more like older Rieslings mm-hmm. because of the, another bad harvest. It was like a wetter and therefore different type of grape. Yes. This was their, they call it like a pre-climate change flavor. Yes. So there's a throwback. The great leap backward, as the New York Times says. Yes. Um, And people really liked it, which I just want to say, like, yeah, sometimes newer is not better. And also like wine is old. Like, of course it should take like, taste like old wine. Yeah. Like the way that people were doing it back then is like what people like. I, I completely agree. And I also think that I've never really understood the aging of wine. Mm. You know, I mean, people are like like oh this this is this this one's from ten years ago. This one's from seventy years ago. This is from a hundred years I mean, ago. Why? That's another thing. We had dried banana today that was dried over five years. It's so good. It was really good. At, again at the Calabasera, but like, how can food just sit around for so many years and like <laughs> you can just not eat, eat it? it? And, yeah, well, it's like, and it's like I, still okay to eat. If I got hungry, I would eat it. I like, wouldn't just be like, like no, like, I'm not going to eat this. I have to wait, like wait another rotted. four and a half years. Anyway, the 2021 Riesling has been given a lot of redemption because it used to be called a quote-unquote bad vintage. Not anymore. But it's back. It's so back. Once, once again, I feel like much just a pro tip, buy some 2021 Riesling, <laughs> and be, it'll be a crowd pleaser, and you'll probably save money because I assume most people are still pricing it like a bad vintage. Facts. All right. Next. Over to the United Kingdom, where they're just oh, always doing— you know what? This is actually my favorite story. <laughs> they're just, like, always doing wild things. And thank you to the New York Post for uh, keeping us surprised. Always. In Manchester, England, a restaurant—it's called Street Urchin. It's okay. A, that right there. It's a market diner. What's the restaurant called? Street Urchin. Street Urchin. Okay. And what's this dish? It is deep-fried squirrel. Two on the nose. So Two on the nose. I feel like street urchin is probably, like—is that slang for something? I feel I, like I it know. might be. I feel like it's, like, something that you, like, call a wild child— you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or, like, <laughs> or it's like, or I feel like, I feel like at some point I would turn a corner and there'd be like 12, 12 year olds with like bats and knives. And I'd be like, oh no, the gang of street urchins are about to come take it, me. It also reminds me of, um, like a name that a chef on like Top Chef would pick for when they're doing restaurant wars. Oh, and like oh, it, yeah. does, it doesn't play. And yeah. you're like, mm, <laughs> yeah, yeah. did you have to call it that? I just feel like if your restaurant is called street urchin, you shouldn't serve squirrel. Um, a squirrel is a street urchin. 
Apparently, it's slang for a child who spends most of his time in the streets, especially in slum areas. Boom. That's exactly what I was thinking. And also, like, I don't know. Do we need to malign the needy, needy children no. by naming a restaurant <laughs> yes. after them? It's, like, no. kind of rude. And, and this really puts to the test, like, if you, you deep fry anything, I will eat it. I don't know if I want to eat squirrel. This sounds really horrible. Did you see the picture? Yeah, it looks horrible. It looks awful. And it sounds horrible. The crispy bu- the crispy buttermilk wild gray squirrel is paired with the creamy pulled ham hock cassoulet. It's also like the heaviest meal I've ever heard of. <laughs> it's a a ham hock cassoulet and crispy yes, buttermilk yes, wild yes, gray that's squirrel. So gross. <laughs> Fuck no. I'm only only eating squirrels in the apocalypse. And even then that's the last resort. Yeah, I mean But imagine you're the chef, you have to like Cut the fur off the squirrel and gut it. Ugh. It just sounds no. so disgusting. No, 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 no. And you can't name your, you just can't name your restaurant street urchin. It is, yeah. It's just, now that I know it's like also like a derogatory term, kind of. It's yeah. not like a slur, but it's not like a it's nice not, it's thing not to nice. say. Yeah. I, I'm really against this. I, so here's the thing. Do they, if you're a fancy chef, okay. right? And you're like, I'm going to do something wild. I'm like, it's, are they doing this for the clicks or are they doing this for the food? Yeah, I was just going to say, we're talking about this yes. now. So like. Is this for the attention? Like, if it was a buttermilk fried chicken with a ham hock, we wouldn't be talking about I it right now. I would be like, still, too much food and <laughs> yeah, yes, very heavy, still, but like, no I, big deal. I'm not going for a jog after <laughs> eating that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that you do it partially for the attention, mm-hmm. but also like, where who, who's your squirrel butcher? Like, who else is involved in this? Yeah, it's a, it's a wild squirrel. It's are you a capturing wild it squirrel. yourself? That's yeah. the next thing I was thinking. Okay, it's a wild squirrel. So is someone just wandering the forest with like a bow and arrow? Like, like, they're like walking dead? Like, <laughs> I think how's they this have work? like traps, like, or something. How do you trap a squirrel? I don't know. It, the, the article noted it's legal. So just yeah, so you know, yeah, yeah, everybody. Yeah, yes. if, you, if you are interested in squirrel trapping, <laughs> you can do so in the United Kingdom. A lot of it questions about animal ethics this week <laughs> yes, on this podcast. Yes, yes, there are a <laughs> really lot. Really making us think. Oh, man. Okay, let's do one more, and then we're moving on to our taste test. Okay. Um... And I also am really excited to talk more about Calabasera, the amazing farm we went to. Um, it was. You know what? I have to admit, when I saw in the itinerary we're going to a banana farm, I was like, hmm. Not that interested? Not that interested. <laughs> and when I got to the banana farm, I was like, I had no idea how interested I was in banana farms. It was it was really cool. In general, going to a farm is like just fun. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um. All right. Lastly. Just, just another headline I want to share. I feel like it's related to last week's 3D printed food. Okay. Gene edited food development, now legal in, in England. I will say, gene editing, very controversial. For food, I approve. I approve too. I think it's like how you also get things like pluots and how you get other like crossbreeds of, yes. of fruits and vegetables. And it's different. Putting, um, you know, solitary octopi that like the dark in a tank of a thousand other octopi in the, in the bright against that. Gene editing food? Why not? Why not? Why not? I mean, as long as it's not like used for evil, but there's so many other things to be used for evil. I don't know. I just feel like this is straight positive, especially as we talk about climate change so much. I agree. All right. Let's move on to our taste test. I'm excited. All right. We're going on a flight. Yes. We, we are doing some canary and cheeses. We have four different ones to try. In front of us are... No cow cheese. Yes. No, we learned today there are actually no cattle no on this, cows. I, no on this cow. island. The entire island. They so, have lots of goats, though. So it's goat and sheep, and sheep mm-hmm. cheese. I happen to love both of those. So, like, I'm totally cool with this. But, like, were my mom here, here she'd be like, mm, I don't know. So, first of all, I wish your mom was here. Shout out to Betty Jane. Second of all, 
the there's four cheeses in front of us, and they run the entire spectrum of consistencies. Yeah, from goopy to firm. Yes, there's one that is extremely goopy, soupy cheese, which I'm excited to try. Me too. And I'm going to go no bread or cracker on any of these cheeses oh, interesting. for the first time through. For the goopy cheese, which is a combination of sheep and goat that looks mm-hmm. like a brie, but then when it's at room temperature, is like very... It's called flor de guilla. It looks really fucking good. I'm sticking a breadstick in, and I'm having a bite. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to go straight up the spoon. It came with a little spoon here. Mmm. Different flavor than I was expecting. Yeah, it's more mild than I expected. It doesn't Ooh, taste, whoa, 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 whoa. Doesn't taste like brie. It um it fights back at the end. It has like yeah, a little bite at the end. You're really yeah. into this, like your food fighting you. You keep just yeah. you keep describing <laughs> red wine as fighting your body. Are you in a war with your food? <laughs> you know what? I never considered that. Mm. But yes. All right, I'm moving. I really on. like it. It tastes if you if you are familiar with sheep's cheese that's what it tastes like it reminds me of um like a like a brief fermier type of thing with sheep mm. anyway mm. it's really good all right this looks like a mozzarella uh-huh and it's not it's mild like a mozzarella though mm. oh again there's again, other levels yeah at this first is, when it first hits my taste buds i'm like oh that's like a mozzarella it's, it's a mild chilled cheese i think because it's it's not cattle it has like a little bit more of like a like a bitterness and the aftertaste yes so this one is in between goop and solid. And now we're going into the solid cheese It reminds cheese me of the, the mozzarella you get at the grocery store where it's just like, it's not fancy, but it's but it's like polio mozzarella. Yeah. It's like kind of like what you would use for a goat slash sheep string cheese. Yes. All right. Now we're moving into this Parmesan style. It's a hybrid of goat and sheep as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, I like this. So, this is very mild and a really good like snacking cheese. That's great. That's mine. That's mine right it's there. It's really good. See, I always associate goat and sheep cheeses with like strong taste, but mm. this is a nice mild. I always cheese. associate it with being very crumbly, and mm. none of these are crumbly. Yeah, good point. Goat cheeses are always in a salad. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like broken up and crumbly. Mm. I feel like in America we're not doing justice to goat cheeses. No, you know we what? just associate it as being one thing. And I, mean, I also think it. Yeah, we call it goat cheese. Yeah, there's so much more kind of cheese that you exactly. made with goat milk. <laughs> exactly. If, if it says, "Oh, in the salad we have goat cheese." And I associate it as one singular experience. This one has a paprika, red paprika rind. Which, did we discuss this? Is just dried pepper? What? Paprika is just dried pepper. I'm learning so much today. <laughs> Wait, paprika is dried pepper? And, yeah, as a spice. And coriander is cilantro. It's Paprika, I believe, is ground dried red pepper. Wait a second. We'll Google that after, but I'm like pretty sure. Like a red sure. pepper? Like an actual red pepper? Like pepper. Okay. Like I was, the vegetable. I was thinking, yes, I was thinking like the condiment. Okay. Well, paprika is just ground up red pepper. I, or maybe it's pepper seed. Pepper. It's it's a, it's just pepper. Mm, well, I'm excited to have it. That's really interesting. This is, by the way, this is just goat. There's no just sheep. Goat. I've never tasted a cheese like this before. Me neither. So, I don't even know how to describe it. Here's what I'm really learning today. A lot of things. I like sheep's milk. That's what I'm learning. Sheep's cheese. Yeah, but another thing I'm learning is goat cheese is not a singular thing. There are many different types of goat cheeses. And these are not only from Tenerife. These are from other islands here in the Canary Islands. Grand this is, Canaria. This is nice. And other islands. And here at the Starfish Atlantic Grill, they mm-hmm. really, they gave us a very nice array. They did. I love a cheese board. We have like multiple cheese boards. And yes, I'm chewing because I had a second Ten bite of the minutes. goopy cheese. Yeah, see, I'm gonna, I was about to have a second bite of my favorite cheese here in the middle, the Parmesan style one without the red paprika, which is just ground up red peppers. I'm feeling a little frisky, so I, I want us to do a second taste test. Why? 
Because you hate I eggplant. Know. You're doing this to torture and you discuss, me. We discussed it. We went to Zahav, but they also brought us some fried eggplant that's just sitting in front of us. Fried aubergine because we're in Europe. All right. So and I think it has palm honey on it. I just want to see honey. you eat it. See, I'm this isn't it fun. Too. This isn't. Why are you doing this to me? Yeah, not mm. good. Oh my god. No. This is so. You're no, it's insane. Not good. It's this not is, good. The honey on it. That's not good. This is one of the most delicious things you I've enjoy had. That. I love it. You enjoy eating that. Oh my god. See, now I think you're just trolling. No, I love you it. You are trolling. But I also love honey. The honey is palm honey is really good. Personal food news quickly. No, let's, I'm allergic, let's get into it. Personal I'm allergic to bees. <laughs> you are? So somehow I we associate that with honey. Oh, weird. So I always don't eat honey, but I don't think I'm allergic to it. I think I'm just like freaked out by the association. Does that make any sense? Yes, it does. Um, on that note, let's just do personal food news. Okay, great. Uh, I'm going to go first because that's how we do it. Mm-hmm. Unless it's special circumstance and it's not. Well, I would call this a special circumstance. We are at a luxurious hotel in Tenerife. So our guy Jaime from Field Tenerife took us to this Finca de Calabacera. And it, mm-hmm. he, we were like, oh, we're going to a banana plantation. That's cool. It turned out it was so much more. It was a it giant was. part of the term. It was a giant fruit farm. They have so many different kinds of fruits there. So many fruits that I had never heard of before. It's like they were just walking by being like, that is a genifate. And I was like, I, I've never heard of a genifate. And Dulce, who is like just the most stylish person I've ever encountered with a great air to her. She's a proprietor she's, of this farm. She's figured life out. She's just living right. She's giving yes. us a tour, walking us through her different fields. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And she's just picking fruit and she hands them over to us to eat. And the first one that we have, straight off the the plant, is a strawberry passion fruit. Mm -hmm. Just bite into a passion fruit, which I've never done before. The seed, and like you sort of like slurp it in. Mm -hmm. It was so fucking good. And you're having a passion fruit. And at the end, you get a hit with a strawberry taste. It was much like the goat cheeses. I always assumed a passion fruit was a passion fruit. I didn't know they had lemon passion fruit and strawberry passion fruit. The strawberry was right next to each other. And that you can just like bite into it. It looks like a a small radish. And then it's like Mm -hmm. this sweet fruit. It was awesome. So, so good. And then. Dulce, the, probably the most important thing to know about her is she is the master of growing papaya, and we tasted her papaya, and I've literally never had papaya. I've like never that had before. papaya like that ever, it and was, I can't eat papaya anymore. It was unless juicy it's from Dulce. and fresh. It didn't have that like weird denseness that a lot of papaya. In the I associate have. papaya with like a chalkiness when it's in I my s- mouth. Maybe that's the density that you're talking about. I think this that's like what a, it is. This is like a light. This fluffy was like papaya. a this is like a true melon. Yes, as like papaya done right. And apparently she's like known for having this amazing papaya recipe or yes. tricks, whatever. It was awesome. I as as often discussed, I love sweets, mm-hmm. and she gave us so many sweet fresh fruit, and I so much was sweet, so happy fresh fruit. But not only that is she had like pre-made smooth that she says she drinks every morning. Yeah. And one of which was from another fruit that I'd never heard of before in my life, sapote. Right? Have you ever heard no, of that before? I, I've never heard of it before I in my life. I say the word over and over again so I didn't forget it. Yeah, sapote. And it, this was sapote juice. Now she breaks out, the, the first smoothie she gave us was like a, a bright colored sort of banana slash orange kind of like traditional smoothie looking thing that would uh, you drink in the morning. Then she brought out the second bottle. It straight up looked like two liters of molasses. Yeah. It looked like motor oil. And I was freaked out. I, I was like, this I was is, like, is this prune juice? This is going to be nasty. Yeah, this is not going to be good, but I'm still going to have to smile because Tulsa is so nice. And we're in her kitchen, her open air kitchen. However, the second the sapote juice, sapote negra, I'm going to call it. Sapote negra. Well, the it was, second it hit my mouth. Sapote is not always negra, that's why. Yes. The second it hit my mouth, I was shocked. It was so refreshing and light and tasty and just, I, it sounds like it was like something I want to drink after I ran a long jog. I think what we realized is it was 
the platonic ideal of the mid-cal beverage. It really was. And, and we're I'm, always looking for my that. My entire life, the last decade of my life has been a search for the perfect <laughs> mid-cal beverage. And I think I found, found it right Dulce's here in house. Tenerife. Yeah, in, in Dulce's <laughs> open-air kitchen, which was just like, it was so, you know how some people just like, her kitchen had like an aesthetic that it wasn't calculated, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like perfect. It looked like, I don't even know how to describe it. It was so cute. It was like from a movie, but check us open out air. on Instagram. Yeah, it was open yeah, air. Open air. And I have I, a question. You know, when people like to explain their dreams to you and it's like, okay, I wasn't there. This and is no your one cares. dream. I don't yeah, care. No one cares about your dreams. Is that what people are going to think about our trip to Dulce's house? <laughs> <laughs> it's I just like, want to know. Is, this is really important to us. Okay. So thank you for, for allowing us to I share. I will say when you can visit a farm, it is really cool. There's one on Cape Cod that I like to go to as well. The Chatham Bar is in farm. It is like, I'm always like, why am I here? It's just a farm, but it's actually always awesome. And makes me want to be a vegetarian. So if you have the opportunity, yes. you should do it. And it and I never I was standing there and I was like, I've always kind of thought farm to table was kind of bullshit. Yeah. But now I get it. They've yeah. got onions, garlic, every, everything. every type of lettuce you can imagine. Just every cool. single thing in the world was there. And I was like, I get it now. I really do get it. It was awesome. So anyway, check it out. All right. Should we move on to listener food news? Yes. Hey David and Juliet, uh, big time fan, long time listener. Um, I'm calling from Tacoma, Washington. Uh, Juliet will appreciate that uh my kids will go to the 10 Things I Hate About You High School, which is just I do appreciate a, little, that. a little ways from our house. Um, I have a food take, but I'm hoping you'll validate. Um, I'm pretty sure Jacoby will. Um, in the Tacoma, Seattle area, you'll find lobster and restaurants, and I think this is, like, freaking bonkers. If you live on the West Coast, you should just eat the crab. It's from the Puget Sound, or it's from Alaska. It's right there. Why would you eat, like, lobster that is driven across the country to be on your plate? Why would I want to eat a dead lobster that has visited more states than I have in the last five <laughs> Good years? Good point. It just seems bonkers to me. If, you're, if you live on the West Coast, you should eat crab and vacation in Hawaii. If you live on the East Coast, you should eat your lobster and enjoy the Caribbean. 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 I don't even know how to say it because I live over here in Washington. I don't go there. But I apologize to all the people who are from the Caribbean or Caribbean. Caribbeaner? Anyway, <laughs> um, I don't like – I think it's weird that we eat lobster here. Why would anyone ever do that? And I'm hoping you can validate that not being a wild-ass take. It's seafood. Why would I want seafood that's driven across the desert? Anyways, that's all. Bye, guys. First of all, I know this man's love language. It's words of affirmation. <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> he didn't even give us his name. He didn't give us his name. He's just looking for validation. He basically gave us his address. and he said, I like it because he was, he was pissed. You know what I mean? Also, he knows us. He was like, Juliet's going to yeah, care about yeah. my kids going Jacobi's to the 10 going to validate this one. Put a little pressure on me. Yeah. So hopefully you're validating <laughs> I it. I do. Um, first of all, 10 things I hate about you. Never seen it. Not surprising. What? <laughs> Never seen it. I can, again, like, I can't recommend it at this point. Like, I don't know if you don't have a sentimental value <laughs> like, for it. You can't recommend it at this point. I love like, it. Like, I'm just a lost soul. It's just sort of like you missed the opportunity to see the oh, movie. okay. Like, you missed I'm the sure. time. The time passed. It's sort of like... Sort of like when something goes really funny, it's like an inside joke, and then you're like, two years later, you try to explain yeah, it. It's not yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. You've missed the inside okay. joke and 10 Things I Hate About uh, You. Well, Heath Ledger's in it, though. Uh, he is. Yeah, he's really two good. It's a, it was a, break, a breakout movie for many people. Him, Julia Stiles, uh, I believe Zoe Saldana's in it. Oh, no, oh. sorry, Gabrielle Union, not Zoe Saldana. Oh, okay. It's really good. All right. Anyway, um, we know his love language. Mm -hmm. We know where he lives, and he makes a good point. I, I agree with him. I only have one thing to say, though, which is that most fish that you order anywhere is imported. Like, yeah. most fish is not local in the States. And really anywhere. I'm, like, acting like I'm Canarian now. <laughs> I, I live on Tenerife. <laughs> but basically, this is just, this is, 
this is refrigerated trucks. This is what happened. Like, there's a reason why food's exported. And so, like, while he's right, and it is a very funny to say, like, this lobster's been to more states than I have. Yes, in the last five years. And maybe, you know, maybe he should get out more. It's funny. It's a, it's a good bit. We liked it on the pod. But mm-hmm. this is just the reality of, of uh, fish these days. Of just the food industry. Yeah. A lot of your fish has been refrigerated and or frozen and then brought to a restaurant and then dethawed and then put on your plate. But it still tastes good. Also, I'm pretty ignorant. Aren't there lobsters on the West Coast? I don't think so. And he called people from the Caribbean a carabiner, which is for those little hooks they use. <laughs> you know those, you know what a carabiner yeah, is if you're like a mountain yeah, climbing? I keep like my a, keys on them. Yeah, like, like, just, a, like a non-official yes, one. One yes, that won't yes, save my yes, life. Yes, belay yes, on. On belay. Yes. Yeah. I just thought kind. it was hilarious when he called it a carabiner. I was like, wait a second. That is a different word. A total different word. Seconds. Oh, anyway, great. Oh. I'd love to know his name. Call back, dude, and let us know. Yeah, yeah, let us know. Thanks and, for calling. And we do. I do. Uh, you know what? You're right. I do affirm. Yeah. I do. You agree. Let's enjoy Tenerife. All right. Thank you so much to the Royal Hideaway at Corrales Resort and the Starfish Atlantic Grill. Of course, thank you to Dulce and Jaime. Mm. Check out Field Tenerife if you come here. Field Tenerife. I'm Tenerife. I'm from Canaria yes. now. You are, you are a, I can't carabiner. Speak. You are a carabiner now. <laughs> and of course, thank you to Mike Wargon. We'll be back next week from Malaga. So exciting. Food New Spring Break. Food New Spring Break. Continues. Today's episode was brought to you by United Airlines with flights to Barcelona, Madrid, Mallorca, Tenerife, Canary Islands, and new nonstop service to Malaga. It's now easier than ever to plan a culinary tour across Spain. Plan your trip today at united.com. Remember, flight schedules are subject to change.